Hey, I'm Josh Brown. We are live from the compound. I'm here with Michael Batnick and our friend, Fast Eddie Elfenbein, legendary billiards player and all around. What do you call yourself, a raconteur? Yeah, pretty much. Bio? Oh, yeah. yeah. All right, we'll maybe get into that. But today, we're going to talk about the effect of impeachment on the economy and the stock market. We're going to really dive in here um, and look at the historical examples. I think you'll learn a lot. Stick around. All right. First of all, Eddie, you're in town from uh, Maryland. D.C. D.C. It's very important that you make that distinction. Yes. Yes. Okay. Why? Because we don't have uh, voting rights in D.C. We're not a state. So we have to make that clear. Okay. No senator, no rep. Got it. So D.C. right now is on fire, effectively. um, And it looks like the Democrats are going to move forward with formal impeachment uh, I guess investigation would be the way to put it. Yeah, they, they're opening an investigation of impeachment, which is sort of an odd way to do this. But I think uh, Nancy Pelosi has a base she needs to placate. And for the first time, I think they really have some. Uh, you don't think she wants to do it. You think the party is pushing her to do it because they, we've reached some sort of tipping point. A- absolutely. And even AOC, you know, the congresswoman, sh- she made noises about that. So I think there's pressure coming on uh, Pelosi. Okay, so she's going to do it. It's, it seems as though she said she's going to do it. So this is an investigation of impeachment. It's not the actual impeachment. Which is a, a very odd standard. But yeah, that, that that's what they're, they're opening the investigation to see if they can uh, investigate which impeachment and those proceedings is an investigation anyway. Okay. So I think she's going in half steps. And it's, I think now they're over maybe 200 confirmed votes for impeachment. In the House. Yeah. Okay. So now there are six separate committees that are going to be working on parallel tracks, looking at everything from bribery allegations to you know all different types of corruption, national security issues, et cetera, which leads me to believe as an investor that this is not an event. This is now going to be the ambient noise that's in the background for, I don't know, I'm going to guess a year. I, I, like, I don't absolutely. really. Okay. Yeah. Like this is going to, in other words, this is not going to be something that like wraps up. It's just going to go on and on forever. But so the market has not reacted at all. S&P 500 is up 20 basis points today. Well, the more, it's not sudden. Like what this do you mean? Has been, it's been building for a year. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So the more, like the market is not all of a sudden now pricing in impeachment. Okay. It's been okay. priced in But what if the market was on 2% today? You probably wouldn't be saying that. Um, so, so here's what I want to get into. Number one, uh, we don't have a big historical data set for how stocks have acted during uh, impeachment periods, I guess. Um, but why don't you get into a little bit like we have Nixon and Clinton in the modern era. I don't know if you want to go back to Jackson or do we have Johnson. 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 Um, we don't have stock market data for that, really, that's reliable. Do not, we? not, I mean, there, there is stuff, but I'm very, very leery of the, those kinds of numbers. Here, here's what I'll say. Now, uh, first is this is a lot of theatrics, w- w- what they're doing, because the base is, is not uh, pleased with a lot of the Democrats in Washington. And then on top of that, you have this parallel universe of the candidates running for uh, the nomination, and they are taking a much more uh, liberal line and anti-Trump line than a lot of the uh, elected representatives. That's why this is kind of a half measure. And you talked about all these committees uh, looking at things. The most important thing, it's the Judiciary Committee. If you get something like, you know, the the, the Irvin uh, Committee, you know, back in the 70s, okay, that's serious. That's when we're actually looking at impeachment. But that's how the Judicial Committee is part of this, no? 
Uh, I mean, but they're they're looking, they're investigating to see if uh, impeachment is on the table. So I think I think Pelosi is trying to work a, a halfway measure, you know, without this being being maybe a, a formal impeachment investigation. Don't we, don't we think that this should really be separated from the economy? Like, in other words, this has political ramifications, obviously, not necessarily economic ramifications or stock market ramifications. What if it does? What if, what if um, Donald Trump is more eager than ever to actually have a detente with China, given that the economy is pretty much all he has to run on? Like, he appointed a bunch of conservative judges, but the big thing is, like, the stock market has done well. The economy, I would argue till the cows come home, but it's good. And part of what he's done with tax cuts has helped that. Um, but then the trade war has hurt it. And if he now feels more pressure than ever— to get a trade uh, a trade deal done with China and then wrap up the thing with Mexico and China uh, uh, and Canada, which is going to happen in November, and get all of these things in a row to boost the stock market, then maybe there are ramifications. Well, maybe there are. I guess my point is like, how do we handicap that, and how should we behave as investors? I well, know. I would Eddie, say you, he, t- you he, tell he, us what to here's do. Here's the thing: is it's it's how much does impeachment? Th- this is the Nixon example: is how much does impeachment? Uh, hamper uh, the, the, the Trump administration. Nixon really had his hands tied. That's why we see all these terrible events that happen. There's the October '73 war in Israel. Uh, the the inflation, uh, you know, t- terrible inflation Oil through '73 and '74. Market was in a decade-long bear market. Yeah, and it was all coming to a head. I mean, th- th- remember at the time that was the worst crash since the Great Depression, and there were people who remembered that. So, and then on top of that, you know, we, we have uh, uh, Vietnam was falling apart. That happened in 75, the death of Franco and Salazar in Portugal, sort of fascism comes to an end. This all happens in a very brief period of time. And Nixon could, I mean, we know the Soviets just pulled away and said, we're not dealing with you uh, because this is going south in a big way. If that happens to Trump and we really see that he is just immobile, that could have broader uh, impact. But it all takes place in the larger context that the economy was falling apart. Uh, for Nixon, right? And so 73, 74, were those twin bear markets? It was what? It was a continuation. It, it all, all began. But in, we dropped fifty percent, and yeah. it was re- like a wrenching period of time. That seventy four low was wild. Seventy four low was really low. Right. I mean, it really, it was the, it was it was much lower than the lows we saw in the sixties, and and it was an end really to to a bull run that we saw going back to forty two. That's how long it Into was. Into 68 was the top. Yeah, yeah. And, and it, it kind of rolled over. It, it played with 1,000 for a while. And then, and I, there was a bear market in 70. Uh, and then and then That was the, the Nifty 50 stocks blowing up. The, the, that was later. The, the, the 70 the market 70, was... 72 was the peak of Nifty 50. No. Ex- exactly. The, the, the 70 market was a lot of the unlisted names and small names. That led to the, to the NASDAQ in 72. That's when it launched at, at 100 because they tried to said, OK, we're getting a handle on. But this how market. but how much of that stock market turbulence was due to the Watergate investigation intensifying versus just inflation is bad. 
and and people are miserable well, I, for other reasons that have nothing to do with politics. But I think it all plays together because Nixon was seen as not being able to respond to these uh, issues. Okay. We didn't know what what to do about inflation. People didn't know. What, that time. what do we make about the way that people were investing back then? It was so different in terms of Absolutely. how they were invested, holding individual securities versus funds. There were no four hundred one k's, so a stock market drop was not good, but it didn't have the same psychological impact on a hundred million well, people. Well, there also well there weren't regular buyers every two weeks correct so like that's and, a very big difference. The, the number of people who invested in the stock remember we had fixed commissions before 75 so the stock market was not sort of a a consumer finance right. thing that was, we have it so that we know of it today. on tv there was no cnbc talking about how the how the market will be impacted by the was, you know lewis rukeyser was it but you know the, the the thing that people forget about you know they say oh it's different this time well it does change. People view stocks fundamentally different today than they did back in, say, the 1950s. But I think we reoriented the economy around the consumer. And I'm not saying it's good or bad. We just did. And we reoriented the whole concept of retirement around 401k. In the 70s, it was pensions. So yeah, the stock market dropping had an impact on pensions' ability to pay out. Mm-hmm. But that's secondary the, the person that worked at Lockheed Martin and was retired, they weren't worried about their pension because of anything the stock market did. This is a very different environment, and I, and I do feel that the wealth effect is what's driven a lot of the gains in the economy. And what, what else is dictating the wealth effect beyond housing prices and 401k balances? I think that's really it. I mean, that, like, that's, they've, do, they've done that, so that's now the world we live in. So I think that's like a, a secondary issue. I wanted to ask you about um, the Clinton Im- impeachment. So that when it felt like at the time for me, I was like 21 or something. That felt like it was going on forever, 1998, 1999. I'm not even sure when it finished. He finished his term. Mm-hmm. Um, stock market didn't give a shit at all, frankly. No. And there were other issues that really rocked the stock market at that time, the long-term Unrelated capital. Unrelated Exactly, exactly. The, what currency blow-ups in Thailand. Oh, yeah, that right. was bad. And, and, it had and, nothing and to Ru- do with Russia and, and all of that. Yeah, I, I, absolutely. I think that impeachment was seen as much as as very, very partisan as, as this investigation is as well, where in... Uh, uh, Nixon, it was more bipartisan. You had more Republicans saying, okay, this this is not going to end well. One of the things about the Nixon situation was that when he finally resigned, it was at the bottom of the stock market. Absolute bottom, yeah. And that was going into a midterm election. And I think the party went to him and said, we're not going to back you anymore. And that's what was the signal for him that, like, none of that is happening now, number one. And then number two, Nixon didn't have Fox News. I that's think, true. I think that's a lot of air cover that keeps politicians in line behind Trump. And I think it's hard to imagine it could happen in an hour. It's just hard for me to imagine Trump feeling the same pressure but also, to resign. Remember, we have the playbook now from Clinton, from the governor in Virginia. Write it out. Don't apologize. You know, make a couple Never notes apologize. and just keep right. going. Nixon and- also didn't have Twitter. Nixon didn't have Twitter. And then there are people that say that Nixon loved America in a way that Trump doesn't. Like, Nixon didn't really want the republic to burn down. I, don't, I mean, that's touchy-feely shit. Who knows if that's really true? Um, but re- remember, at this time, you know, in 73, the, the, the war, back years ago when I was in, in, in uh, 
uh, the National Guard. I served with people who were in the military then. They said everything was taken off the shelves in 73 and sent to Israel. My point is, it was a far more dangerous world back then. And if you had the president of the United States, the leader of the free world, just completely immobile and and shackled by domestic politics, that is not good for global security. That really doesn't exist in that form today. In other words, you think that you think that Trump could become a pariah in Washington and nobody help him accomplish anything for the rest of this term. And he could sail and, right And the up. market will not be Absolutely. as fearful of that. Absolutely. Is that sort of the best case scenario? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Um, do we think that there's any, do we think that there's any um, feedback loop in terms of like interest rates um, or, or the strength of the dollar related to what's about to go on politically? Or, or is it too... Is, is the world too global? Yeah, for, for I, 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 I don't think it, it's so connected because we're really seeing, you know, it's the impact of negative rates, which has been building. You know, th- that's been a long story that's been that's been building for a while. Uh, you could say the trade, you know, it definitely has an impact. But I think as far as the, the, the global economy, I don't think that's so related to this. Do, do you think that there are um, so you're a stock picker and you're an investor. Do you think that there are investors um, who are right now actively doing things within their portfolio to uh, either prepare for what's about to happen politically or to um, secure themselves better? Or do you just think like most professional investors are whistling past this? I, um, I mean, there are people always making dumb mistakes. So, I, yeah, I think there are people who are, who are freaking out about this, you know, uh, this is the uh, – let me take a step back. The problem – a mistake that so many investors make is they uh, mistake the structure of markets for the markets. What does that, what now, does that mean? Now, let me give you an example. Is that you'll get these endless debates about the impact of monetary policy, endless debates about the impact of politics, buybacks, and, and interest rates. Right. These This is not the market. These are things that go to support the market and support the structure of the market. That's not the thing itself. Yet, again and again, that's what people say, that, that buybacks are somehow sinister and driven by the Fed, and the Fed is manipulating this. That's not what's going on. The markets, when they work best, are a radically decentralized organism. And that's very difficult for people to wrap their minds about that nobody's in charge. Meaning there are decisions being made to buy and sell different securities Absolutely. every day that are wholly literally, unrelated to. Well, literally millions no, Nobody's in charge. No one is in charge. And, and that's difficult. People Jerome want, Powell's not in charge? Not at all. Not not even Barry Reynolds. He doesn't, he doesn't, <laughs> he doesn't create the environment, though, in which different types of investing are more in favor, like high dividends because uh, bond yields are low. That's like none of that is, is important. It's not that it's not important, but it's it doesn't come from one source. Right. It just comes from, you know, it does come out of the ether. That is the brilliance of markets, at least, when they when they work as they So should. I guess that's true, because like the, whatever the Fed's doing is in response to something that the they Fed don't control. The Fed is a player on the field. Right. That's what people don't understand. But they're not in charge. Or you'll see these say, um, the market under Obama, the market under uh, uh, Bush or whatever, 
and they act as if that the uh, presidents are players on the field and the stock market is the scoreboard. That is totally wrong. If anything, it's the exact opposite because you see, uh, as you were just talking about, it's the developments in finance that drives the public policy response. Okay. It's the complete opposite. What if somebody says to you, Eddie, I get your point. I understand it's different and things change. However, when somebody like Elizabeth Warren becomes tied with with Biden in the polls and her stated intent is to change the balance of who has wealth and one of the instruments by which she's going to do that is tax policy another instrument is tougher regulation on financial institutions and markets and there's going to be trading tax and like let's let's say you think she has a shot to beat Trump and you think she's going to be the nominee not only is she a player on the field i feel as though even before she gets elected Market participants probably start pricing in that potential. I mean, how could they? How could Abs- they not? Abs- absolutely, but the difference is we're talking about policy that, to continue with this uh, uh, slappy metaphor, does go on the field. If you talk about corporate tax rates, if right. you talk about wealth taxes, sure. And and uh, what's also interesting is how often when policy does impact the market and it's unintended, nobody realized that. You saw the Smoot-Hawley tariff or back in the 90s when there was the luxury tax. Right. That wasn't that controversial, but it had nor- enormous impact. So I'm not saying that policy doesn't impact the market. It's a, it's a great, it's a, you know, it's a, it's a great, it's a great uh, way to think about it because like, one of the, the main things that Trump ran on was, I'm going to bring back the industrial economy. Um, I'm going to restore the oil and gas companies to power and, and steel. And actually, he did everything he said he would do. That's like one of the ways that Trump was most effective in relation to his campaign promises was slashing regulation. Now you can fucking frack the Grand Canyon. You could drill five miles offshore if you want. Like You can do anything. Has that helped oil companies? They're actually the smallest in relation to GDP that they've been in maybe ever. I think the, the XLE really hasn't moved in 20 years. Right. So oil stocks have just been absolutely decimated. So he's done all of those things. But to your point, the unintended, unintended consequences, too much oil is not good exactly. for anyone. But I mean, that's, you know, the U.S. steel is down 50 percent from Inauguration Day. Like there's a lot of examples of that. But you always get in you know, the phrase, the person who wears the medals of their defeats. And that, and you get the, the vice versa. Was Obama, was he helped by uh, an economy that was greatly aided by fracking? Absolutely. Yes. Did he support fracking? No. Probably not. Right. We don't know. Uh, but that happens all the time. It's called irony. That's what the world, that's what drives the world. Um, all right. So, so in conclusion, it's very, very difficult to say that what the stock market is pricing in now whether it's overdoing it or underdoing it. And there will probably be volatility from political headlines just because there always is. Um, But you would basically say, like, there is just no way to take this one thing that's going on and have that be the only variable that will determine future prices. I mean, this is how I describe it, is on average, the stock market moves over the long term about 1 30th of 1% a day. So a $30 stock goes up one penny each day. The average uh, swing, the daily swing, is 1% a day. So that means 97% of what you see each day, on average, that's on average, is complete noise. So It means inc- absolutely that's inc- nothing. That's incredible. So with that said, what's your year-end price target? Yeah. 
what are your favorite what are your favorite sectors between now and year end? Seven stocks to buy for What are your seven best impeachment plays? I just don't understand how the mindset of investors has to roll around these neatly packaged ideas. Because they're fun and we could do them in, in and 90 easy, seconds. Easy, and easy to spit out. Just go over to the New York Times website, see whatever's trending, and say seven stock to buy for that. Dude, I'd click on that shit. You'd click on it. All right, tell us tell us uh, before we wrap, tell us uh, what's going on in your world. So you're running the ETF. I, I got an ETF out there. It's. Uh, uh, Are you even allowed to say the name or do they if come you crashing ask me, through the I window? Can, uh, you would not believe the uh, the, the level uh, of I know. I had a question. What's the name of your ETF? It is the Advisor Shares Focus Equity ETF, ticker symbol CWS. You might go to jail for revealing that. I don't know. I don't if you know ask me, work. I can answer, but I can't say it. It's amazing. All right. Well, listen. You're one of the you're one of uh, the first blogs that I ever read. Crossing Wall Street. How? When did you start? Uh, 2005. Okay. So I can't recommend people look at your fund, but I can recommend they subscribe to your uh, buy list, where you basically talk about your favorite names, and you're very patient. They don't change very often. You hold the same stocks for at least a year. Mm-hmm. Okay. Is that hell or high water or? Yep. Yep. So it's it's 25 stocks in the buy list. We change each year five stocks. Five come in, five go out. And are you stuck with what you start Absolutely with? Absolutely stuck with it. Yep. Okay. Has there ever been a time where you didn't change anything? Uh, like one, one year, year to I, one I, year I, to a next? I always do five. Okay. Always do five. So what what are what are I the old, sometimes things are bought out and spun off, but uh, never just sold. What are the five new stocks that you put are you allowed to say that you put on for 2019? I uh, can't say that yet, but I'll reveal those in December. Okay, fair enough. Love it. Thank you for coming by. Um, if, if, uh, if, if you'd like a, a tidy recap, imp- impeachment may or may not affect the stock market in ways that we may or may not be able to determine in advance. For most investors, their best bet is to keep the headlines separate from uh, what they actually own and invest in. Would you say that's accurate? That is accurate. Eddie, you're the man. Thanks for joining us. Make sure you follow. What's your Twitter handle? Eddie Elfenbein. At Eddie Elfenbein on Twitter, uh, check out Crossing Wall Street blog, and uh, we will be back where, with you where soon. Where are the people? Are they what? No, they're wa- they're they're watching you on uh, on on Instagram and YouTube. Gotcha. So, all right, thanks.